Hello friends, my name is Steve and we're here today to discuss the last several chapters of The Mirror's Truth. We were a little mixed up last week, but discuss the entire book, The Mirror's Truth, and the intro music on this episode and all the episodes is from Michael R. Fletcher. Thank you again, Fletcher, for allowing us to use your music and I will link his YouTube channel down below. Uh, before we get to the introductions, just want to mention for those of you reading with us, uh, we were also lucky enough to get arcs for the next book so we can start a little bit early. And we'll be reading chapters 1 through 13 for next week. So if you don't have an arc or you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to wait before you listen to that one next week. So, but anyway, In the meantime, uh, Dan, will you kick us off, please, sir? Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. And first time finishing this book, I guess. First time reading it and finishing it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I don't want to say anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I love Marcia. my privacy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I respect that, definitely. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless you have a, you have a reflection that's here with us, we don't see you. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring her out. <laughs> uh, my name is Varsha. I run a little YouTube channel called Reading by the Rainy Mountain and a little podcast called Bright Threads in the Tapestry. And this is my first time finishing this book too. I'm excited to discuss it. I had my brain twisted into knots earlier in the day when I was reading a lot of code and then I had it twisted into knots again when I was finishing this book. So <laughs> I'm aware <laughs> my brain is very naughty today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretzel today. Um, yeah, so this is my second time finishing this book and I, yeah, so I have some, we have thoughts, but I'm I'm really glad that the third book is like in our possession because Mm -hmm. it's been a long wait. But, uh, so what were your, both of you, uh, what were your thoughts on the last 12 chapters or so? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Definitely. I I feel like it was, it, it was going up like the last time was better than previous time. And this time is better than the previous time. So it mm. ended in a high note, which is usually better than starting high and going low, because you remember the end most of the time. You don't know the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Very, very interesting what happened, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Marsha? I think, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, what happened with Bedect was pretty... It had me gasping a little, <laughs> I, uh, uh, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused about Stalin and, well, not confused. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens there. Um, yeah, and, and, I, and I'd really like to discuss Bedeck's uh, arc in this story, I think. I think we were sort of like, guessing that this was sort of going to happen something along that line right when we were saying that like his sanity was his delusion right i think we said mm-hmm. it a couple of times yeah I, yeah it, i think yeah. yeah go ahead go ahead no like it ended up being like that sort mm-hmm. of right yeah yeah i think in the last book also when uh when he saved morgan from the slaver okay. he it was that his sanity sort of set things straight to a certain extent or he was able to overcome uh being enslaved because of his sanity so yeah i think 
it was interesting to see that built upon and I guess Bidek sort of pinnacled in this one, didn't he? Like that's yeah. what happened to him. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely want to hear both of your thoughts on Bedecked and his arc. Um, the, um, <clears throat> I know we talked last week about Stellan and kind of whether kind of like we wanted to know more about her, like what her motivations were, what, um, I think we had a little bit in these last few chapters about her self hatred, um, and kind of the way that she's, uh, she feels like she's in debt to Bedecked and to Witch Dig. So that kind of gave, gave us a little bit of an idea of what her motivations are. Although, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so she's still, uh, and she, so yeah. So what did you both think of Stellan's uh, in these last few? Still more interesting than previously, I think. I, I like what was going on. Um, like if I have to give my hierarchy, it's like Victic, very fun, mm. very interesting. Then it's Stellan, which I don't like, but I like, I don't like, but I it's fine because I'm interested in not liking her. You know, it like <laughs> still gives me a bit more like an emotional response. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. I still, you know, that's interesting too. Bedek was like the least interesting, and it's still kind of is, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm happy how it's going, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I guess. Look, and I'm really I'm I'm. I was so happy about how everyone died. It was amazing. I loved it. Um, I was hoping that more people would die even, but, well, we didn't. I was hoping only Victor would survive, pretty much. But I guess we got the other mirrors, too, that survived. I was like, eh, it's, it's still fine. It's still fine. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else did die. Yeah. And it's like, it was pretty... I'm not going to say fun. It was like, I liked that the implication is that Bedek actually died, died. You know, mm-hmm. not just went to the after that. Like he's actually dead. Yeah, yeah. And I hope he doesn't come back because that would sort of nullify that mm. thing a bit. I don't know. It like it feels pretty cool. I think and different and dark and uh, yeah. But if he does come back, it would be a bit. Uh, yeah. But it depends, I guess, how we, how he does it. But <laughs> I don't. Know. That's what my thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't fully understand Victig's sorrow at having killed Stellan, or the other way around, why they are so desperately trying not to kill each other. Because, I mean, in um, from the point of view of being together and being friends again, they could just see each other again in the after death. So. I didn't. I didn't get the mourning <laughs> parts of it, especially since you know, like immediately after uh, killing Victic for having killed the swordswoman, she goes to the after death and well, she didn't kill Victic. Sorry, she, she killed the swordswoman and she goes to the after death and then oh, she gets to start over apparently with the swordswoman. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I get that from characters who haven't been to the after death once before and come back, <laughs> but from these characters it felt a bit off i think but yeah that that scene was interesting i didn't know whether to get annoyed or <laughs> be uh, amused with stalin's indecision to, on whom to kill and whom to save <laughs> um but 
yeah it was interesting i think the the fact we we still don't know anything about her backstory right uh, what happened to her was she seems to have killed someone who she loved or was supposed to love the most possibly her mother because that's the oldest scarf she has uh but i think i kind of like not knowing <laughs> uh she just has some demons she has to wrestle with so it it's nice i would maybe even like it if we just never found out <laughs> that that would be fine with me yeah it would be more interesting i think because when you just speculate mm. yeah yeah yeah, I kind of, I kind of took it as when the, you know, when they were together, they were all ready to kill each other, and then they, when they were mm. apart, they started to kind of, in a way, missy or like appreciate each other in their own twisted ways, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's why he, he, which they even was ready to kill the swordswoman because he thought that she had killed Stellan, mm-hmm. um, and this whole swordswoman Stellan thing is kind of a twisted love story, isn't it? <laughs> like. Because yeah. she releases her and the swordswoman still stays even after Stellan kills her to save Witchstick. Yeah. yeah. So it is a, like this really, you know, <laughs> it's very yeah. manifest delusion type love story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Stellan did yeah. kind of say like, but she, oh, you know, I, she, she, she did love Bedek too and Victic and she was like, okay, well, I guess she loves everyone. Um, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> If she, if she had long enough with the mirrors, she might have loved her too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense. I mean, if you think you're like, you're like shit, because she thinks she doesn't deserve anything. I guess like anyone that gives you any attention of any sort, right? Um, mm. Yeah, but you might mistake it as love or whatever, because she's not very. I don't think she's very used to that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, it does like that's that sort of thing when they're like, "Oh, I want to kill you," but I, but I don't really, uh, you know. But I, but I actually think you're my friend or whatever. It just every time it makes me think of like cheesy romance, um, like mangas in which like the girl is like, you know, "Oh, I hate you, I hate you," like you're terrible, but I, she actually really likes the guy. It's like okay, <laughs> so it's just that's the thing that makes me <laughs> think. So. <laughs> is a bit silly when it's like because I'm reading this and like thinking about that like okay <laughs> just be honest mm. yeah looks like she might finally open up to her though that maybe she will uh, maybe we will get a backstory after all in the next book I, I did like the way that which they killed her kind of like muscle memory like just out mm-hmm. of because he's yeah. killed you just like he out of reflex i thought that was kind of neat because he didn't intend to he just mm. it was just like a you know reflex for him it was like what he does yeah. so yeah and i and i like the perspective we got where um Wigtig is trying not to kill uh stalin and the swordswoman but mm-hmm. stalin thinks that he's playing with his food so to speak uh and bedecked recognize Bidek starts with the assumption that he's playing with Stellan, but then realizes that he's actually stopping himself from hurting her deliberately, uh, not trying to kill her. So I like those three different views of the situation and 
felt a bit sorry for Victor for having be for being misunderstood like that. Hmm. I, I also really liked his moment of sanity. He became someone I could like a lot when that happened. <laughs> hmm. So, what were your thoughts on Bedecked, like his arc in this uh, this series so far, anyway? Wait. I mean, was it was it an arc? Um, did did he change? Did he change? I don't know. Like, because we we do get we do get like him thinking and relieving his past memories about the bad things he did in the past, mm. but we didn't see these things, right? So it it, it feels like I like. This is like where where we start in the first book. He was already sort of like he is right now. Maybe not exactly, but we haven't seen him do any of these bad things. So it has a bit of less impact, I guess. Right? Yeah. We haven't seen him do the bad things. And when he was reliving his life, uh, it was interesting. The wedding ring keeps coming up, but we didn't see his wife at all. So... I don't know, I did wonder about that. What, I mean, and I love the ending of it uh, with the whole sanity thing, and I guess we'll talk about that in just a sec, but I'm just trying to wrap my head around what his motivation was to go on this quest. Like, yeah, we saw the evils of Morgans being allowed to run rampant as the god, right? He basically enslaved all his soldiers. But Bedeck didn't really know that. Did he... Do we think that Bedeck guessed that and that's why he wanted to stop Morgan? What are his reasons for trying to stop Morgan? I know you brought this up a couple of times, Dan, but like now now that we've seen it all come to a conclusion, I feel like I understand less than I did in the beginning why he tried to stop Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Not not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And also what the mirrorist motivation was. Uh do do you guys buy her conclusion that her sister was actually trying to show uh show her that there are people who will care and and i agree with victor like bidek seems like a terrible <laughs> example <laughs> for that <laughs> see of, of the three people we we know for a fact that stellan had actual feelings of affection for victor and uh bidek their nature is irrelevant she actually liked and appreciated them uh victor also it seems like uh appreciated Bedecked as a father figure and Stellan in some twisted way. But Bedecked, it feels like he's, even to the end, he's fairly indifferent to both of them. Right? Did you get that impression or did I misread that? Uh, so, yeah, again, like, sh- of course, the Meridist is concluding what she wanted to, but I agreed with Victor when he burst out laughing <laughs> that Bedecked of all people <laughs> is a terrible example for, for what she thinks uh, her reflection was trying to show her. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But it is, but he did do like some other stuff, like try to save a family and other things, right? Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like, I think that Victor and Stellan have shown, like, we've seen that they care sort of about each other and about Bedeck and stuff like that, even though we don't show it, right? Mm-hmm. 
Bedek sort of, but I think it, I don't know, to me it felt a bit like the otherwise. Like maybe he's he's not, he doesn't complain as much and, and he doesn't say as much if he doesn't like the, them. Mm. But in, underneath there's a bit of like he doesn't actually really care. You know, like when he ran mm. away and other things. Like he doesn't actually, he's not the one chasing them, right? He's doing his mm-hmm. own thing. He doesn't care that much. I feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Which is interesting. I don't. I don't mind that. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. There was one other <laughs> issue we hadn't gotten to this part last time, but mm-hmm. in the, I think about chapter thirty-four or somewhere, Bidek says that on his list is also that uh, he should never hurt women. I think is on his list. But uh, what about that uh, multiple replica woman person he <laughs> battled with in in the last book, right? That that yeah, that feels new. But it, towards the end, he also says that he added things to his list recently, so maybe that was one of those. But yeah, I don't know. But it would have been cool. I would think about it to show a bit more of him being an asshole or something. I don't know, because he does make me think a bit of, like, uh, what was it, like, Logan from The Blade itself? I haven't read it yet. Uh, have you read it, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like or a like, brute. I'm to, yeah, like a barbarian sort of type mm. of character, I guess. Like the old warrior, right? Not red, like the old warrior with scars that did bad things in the past, but now he's trying to sort of be a bit better or trying to survive or whatever. Uh, but at least in that, we do see him, see him being like, actually just like killing people and like not caring and being a bad person, I guess. Mm. You know, it just, yeah, it yeah. would be nice to see him being evil. <laughs> not evil, but you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. his code, his, his code kind of towards like the second half of this book after he was injured. I kind of felt like a lot of the things he was saying was almost like he was almost starting to lose his mind and he almost started mm. to forget his code and mm. what was on it or what wasn't. So it, it kind oh, of felt like he was all over the place um, for me, but I'm, I'm not sure if that's, if you guys would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a, that's a way to read it. I guess things that have never come up before or are clearly in violation of his code um it makes sense to think that they are manifest what he's saying now is him being deluded yeah he's trying to become more and more sane and he's that's also happening while he's trying to convince himself that he's not evil or that all the uh, all the people he killed have come back to haunt him somehow so yeah yeah i guess it makes sense that he would yeah i like i like that interpretation yeah so before we move on from Bedeck, let's get some predictions in because I have no idea. But do you think he'll come back in the next book before it's all said and done? Will he make an appearance? I hope not. Mm. Yeah, like- yeah. I'd like to see the consequences of his death, not him coming back. Yeah, yeah. It would be cool to see something like oh, or like them saying oh no, he's going to be in the after death and they they don't find him or something like that. Like actually make it you know matter and make them make them suffer because yeah. <laughs> they haven't suffered like that. no um, you know <laughs> make it a bit more meaningful 
this don't is know. Pretty, yeah, pretty high body count, though, in the, in the last few chapters with all the... Um, all yeah. his delusions coming, or all his, um, sorry, his after death following, or his whatever you want to call him. Um, something I did want to ask both of you about that. So, Bedecked, his his after death posse is gone now because the dragon killed him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he has nothing in the after death, right? So, and also Stellan, before she came back with Morgan or knocked. Uh, she released all of hers. So they both yeah. have an empty kind of a clean slate. Is there a significant, is there, is there meaning behind that? Mm. You think? Interesting. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know when, what the next book is, is going for. Like, are we going to follow the same characters or not? Cause I mean, Victor is leaving for the East or the West or the South or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Stellan is like we might even just get some completely different characters. Maybe I don't know. Well, apart from Morgan, I guess we'll definitely get Morgan. Um, Ste- hmm. Stellan is supposed to try to chase um, Morgan, Morgan, right, and try and kill. So when she went back, um, she only had the people that she killed in her current stint in the real life waiting for her right because all, she was only surrounded by the people she killed in yeah. that um entrance gatehouse um uh, at got yeah. um i thought that was interesting so yeah maybe that does mean something that when now her <laughs> her body count is reset like she did release them and it has been reset so and, and she lost apparently she lost the ones that she had before so yeah I think they said that, like, when you return back to life, sort of, you, like, the, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, it, it removes that mm. link of ownership or whatever, yeah. right? Okay. I think. Because yeah, I... when Bedek came back, like, it was about a discussion. Oh, does he still have it? Does he not? When he come back mm. and stuff like that. So I think it's been implied that it doesn't stay. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes but... sense. I think I think it does do that. Uh, because Nak tells Morgan that uh, you, you, he no longer has a hold on you. He, I think Morgan thought that he was still enslaved to Bedecked for some time, and then Nak had to tell him, no, you felt the uh, connection break when he left the after death, right? So, yeah. Hmm. Not very perceptive, that kid. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's a bit of a... I don't know. It feels like he should know better a lot of things. Yeah. It's just been like, like all the time he's like, why are you listening to Nacht? Why are you doing this? Like, you know yeah. he's not trying to help you. Like, why are you listening to anything he says? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. In in some ways, it felt like, it felt like uh, Zukunft, that, that, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, her reflection basically controlled the telling of the story, right? Even more than mm. Nacht or anybody else. And we don't know much about her. I'm wondering if the reflection will get more of a role or if we'll find out more about the reflection and Sukum's background. We still don't know what she did to her sister. I mean, was it she the one that was like pulling everyone towards the farmhouse? I don't know. 
if it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. it felt, because, like, the last part when Morgan was going there, he was sort of like, oh, why did I have to go there? It's like, and there was some, some line about, like, he didn't know why he felt like he had to go there or mm-hmm. not said that or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which made me think that maybe there's something else, some sort of, again, causality or general impetus or some other force which is mm. like affecting things mm. yeah. or it made me think but maybe not or maybe the elder gods because there was allusion to that too mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that i thought was very interesting because we've had hints of that a few times about who controls what the mirror can see and yeah. Nak is explicitly thinking about it here uh, when he's wondering mm. who it was that controlled reality to the extent that it all had to converge at the farmhouse. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure we're going to see el- the Elder Gods in the next book. I'm pretty sure that's going to be like the main thing. I might mm. be wrong. But yeah. 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 yeah it, it, I think it has to be. It sort of ended on that note. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I didn't even thought of that about Zud, Zud Fix. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the mirrorist. Um, so as you guys were bringing it up, I thought she must be pretty powerful because she brought them back from the after death. Mm-hmm. And I started to wonder: Did she predetermine what would happen? What would happen at the farmhouse? Did she mm-hmm. make all that happen? Is there? Is she more powerful than we know? Yet. Mm. Or was it Nacht who made it all happen? Because mm. he was he was thinking to himself that uh, everything went according to his plan. Mm. Right? Did he? But no, he said, she sort of said that, but he also said sort of like, did it actually? Like, is like this is what mm. I want, but is it actually? Like, is it actually going fine? Right? He said something along that line. Mm. Yeah. Which felt to me like, oh, there's something else, like that. Oh, he's not realizing that someone is manipulating him, or something like that. That's, That's what true. it felt to me. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Because um, what Noct is thinking to himself about is all the things that he actively manipulated Morgan about. Yeah. Morgan's embracing embracing his madness and enslaving his own people to the godlings, handling over con- handing over control of the selves. Das army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one other. There was one other thing about uh, the mm. delusions when uh, Bedeckt was uh, seeing uh, when when his dead people started to come alive. Mm-hmm. I think the beginning of that was when he saw Stalin and Victic and he they were talk, sort of telling him things about their actual current state that he had no way of knowing yeah. and yet the manifested versions of them were telling him that. So I think we we had sort of wondered about this before too, how like the Altrom we were wondering uh, whether uh, Victic's wife was really dead and whether his son mm. does in fact look like that or you know behave mm-hmm. that way so the yeah so um i wonder if this will be addressed in the next book like it's fine if it if it's not like i'm fine to leave that as a mysterious aspect of the world but if all of these are sort of 
beliefs they are also bringing some aspect of reality into them right when they are manifested so i i'd like to see that explored a bit more in the book in the next book yeah i think you're right i i i think it actually is like um how do i say like because in this it, it's not like in this universe it's not like it's just fully subjective delusions like they're subjective right. delusions but they're grounded in the fabric of reality so if you're imagining someone else then reality is going to show you the other person as it is unless you're actively like your delusions are actively modifying like what right. you don't look like or whatever right they're not going to fill in the gaps i guess right. unless you're yeah. actively filling in the gap, i think Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. like the Albertrum would actively change it because he wants a specific outcome. So you know he wants to manipulate, so he will change like if she's dead or not or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So changing or lying about things that would get you the outcome you want, but other things are real, I guess. So probably the mirror is functions the same way i guess and that's why they can see the future or Mm. like the other locations or something else right it still is a delusion but you can actually see the reality uh Mm. unless like the mirror image or you or whatever actively try to change it or something like that Mm. i think yeah yeah Yeah, i like that (laughs) we'll probably see more of it i think yeah. And I assume we're going to see some some more uh, esoteric delusions or whatever mm. in the next book, I feel. Yeah. Or maybe, Somebody like, Victor touched. is going to come back. Victor is going to come back, like, at the end of a book with, like, uh, some weird delusionist from a different country. Or actually, they're not even delusions. Maybe they're like, oh, they underwent rigorous mental training to be able to you know, they're like same people that can manifest delusions or like they're disciplined so they're not completely mm. deranged or something, right? <laughs> something yeah, like that. Yeah. A, a country where they actually had therapy like you were saying last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. Like the heart like they realize it's like, oh it's power of the mental um, you know, capacitors or whatever, so they just harness it in a normal mm. way and mm. with I don't know. Because I guess I guess religion is like that. You, you just they're just harnessing in an organized way, sort of. Yeah, right? yeah. But if yeah. they started like a thousand years ago, then probably would be much more advanced at this point with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That might be cool. Mhm. Yeah. Do we want so, to talk? Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to change the topic. So. Oh, uh, just on the subject of Victic's traveling, we saw him um, in the dream. He uh, claims to have killed an elder god, right? Mm. So do we think that in the next book, Victic, Victic's travels will let him take him on that path? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe the elder gods are just people that live somewhere else. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're just living there. Yeah, <laughs> living their best life. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's like oh, it's like a like Mount Olympus <laughs> or something, which is actually like the gods live in real life somewhere. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I like that. 
Or maybe he's just going to go into like multiple layers of after death to find the Elder Gods or something. Who knows? <laughs> sort of like yeah. the, the sort of like, um, again, like Sabriel sort of going to different levels of death to find. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. I have to reread that series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a pretty good reread because it's like pretty quick. Like yeah, yeah. Like to read with other people too and discuss. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. I think you might like that one, Steve. Which series? Um, Sorry. Uh, Sabriel uh, Garth Nix. It's. Oh yeah. It's yeah. on my list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what happened to Victor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did want to talk more about Victor because he's. Yes. My favorite character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every, every time I let's say the most interesting. Uh, chapters like the whole part with him and the apprentice was i think for me was the best part of the book <laughs> it was i loved every little bit of it all his stupid lessons and that they actually worked and her not understanding was great um yeah i don't know it was all great and even like when he became sane right uh and he was like what the fuck am i doing i'm just a normal dude and then he slowly yeah. went back to becoming, you know, <laughs> deluded right, as reality also, yeah, reality stopped and the delusion mm-hmm. started again. That was pretty great. I like, I don't yeah. know, I just like his character. He's stupid and, you know, I wouldn't like someone like that in real life, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is, he is a great read for sure. Yeah, he's just so they... confident, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. Ca- yeah, I kind of think his del- his his delusion will be that he's the greatest swordsman, and somehow that'll come into play uh, in a big way because his delusion will manifest in another way when he needs it to. But I, I was, I was a little, uh, I I thought it was funny that the apprentice died, but in the I was like, want to see more of it. So I thought mm-hmm. it, I thought she died a little too soon. Like I would have liked mm-hmm. to see more of that interaction, maybe carry on over, because uh, that was that was all good stuff. Yeah, 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 and she was she would have been bound to Stellan in the after death, right? And she just released all yeah. of them, so mm. I guess we aren't going to see her again. Yeah, but I, I did like the fact that she died. Like, I like I really like her character. I really mm. like her character. So the fact that I wanted to see more of it, but the author killed her off. You know, <laughs> it like it makes an impact, right? Mm. It's like I like it when they. Don't do what I want in that, you know, in that way. Like, with, with, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was, it was not expected. Like, I wasn't mm. sure that she was gonna survive or not. I was hoping she wasn't gonna survive. Like, I was hoping she. No, I was sorry. I'm. I was hoping she would survive. Because right? okay. I like her character, um, and that's why I like that she didn't, because mm-hmm. it, it's actually impactful. Just like I, I like that the deck is implied that he's actually dead. Because it's mm. actual, you know, it, it does yeah. impact it, right? Because mm. otherwise, if it's all like, oh, they're all dying, they're rolling the after death, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like, sort of thing. I don't know. Mm. No, it's yeah. a good point. But yeah, and it was, it was also pretty cool that, like, I like the fact that it's been more, more and more Time passed like from the beginning of the first book, and now it's like Victor is actually shown to be more and more 
capable and like like stronger in fighting mm-hmm. i guess not capable in anyf- anything else just in fighting um so it's it's cool to see that like because a lot of the time that sort of stuff is played for like not less but he's like oh he's confident but then he's not that good you know or when you have mm-hmm. someone bragging about something he's never actually good you know there's always the guy that never says anything but kicks his ass right but in this case, he's at, he actually is the best one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do really like the that twist to his story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think I agree with everything you said, Dan. I did really enjoy his interactions with his apprentice, and later on, his grief felt real if somewhat unexplained um and yeah i I loved his moment of sanity i wonder if in his travels you know like uh bedecked created a field of sanity around him to the point where he suppressed everybody else's delusions i wonder if where he travels if we'll see him go to places where he's forced to be sane because you know there are so many sane people and um he has to yeah i guess they have a field of sanity around them in some ways maybe yeah mm. i guess it could be but just in just in this area everyone is batshit crazy and then outside just oh it's just normal civilization mm-hmm. because yeah. people believe in normal things <laughs> yeah. In science the, and, yeah yeah <laughs> in the first book somewhere i think it said that the the insane people live a bit far away from the more populated areas, right? Because otherwise their their delusions will be suppressed. I think that was said, if I remember correctly. But I think I think so. Well, the slaver was was like he was reluctant to go into like big centers of population mm-hmm. or something, right? Because oh, yeah. he wasn't sure yeah. his power would be enough to, or it would be weakened, or something like that, right? Mm. Yeah, because his his, belie- his believers or his followers may be overwhelmed with mm-hmm. people who didn't. Yep. So this thought just occurred to me. So Bedecked, he his delusion was sanity, right? So he, <laughs> and when he was saying all this other, the dragon and everything else was, it was killed. Mm -hmm. Did his, did his after death become reality because he was sane? So is the after death a delusion? I think so. Okay. I, I don't remember if it was one of the epigraphs. Uh, I think it was that, I mean, we don't have to believe it because it's, someone's philosophy um but it does say that uh only the insane have an after death mm. yeah oh, okay i think so but i think like actually like i don't know if sanity is his delusion i think it's like because he did have actual delusions of like his dead people like and stuff like that or whatever right mm-hmm. i think it was a bit of that, but it was also, I think he was like, just like his mind, like him forcing his mind to oppose all of that stuff, even though it was actually like happening and real. And he was actually having delusions of his dead. 
right? And it was just like the not the not the recoil, but the whiplash or something mm. of him, but it just bounced away so hard in the other direction that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like yeah, because he was becoming more and more. He was seeing more and more dead, right? There were more. There were so many of them, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and he would just force himself not to believe, and then that that did it. I think I think it was something mm. like that. Right, like he's maybe it was instead of like, yeah, it's like the, the triumph of will over delusions or something like that, you know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because we've seen like the other delusions are not, they're not always, um, they're sort of subconscious, sort of not, but they're not like willed really. Like, it's not like, oh, I just stop one day, I just decide to believe that, right? Mm. And decide to believe into, I can make fire or something. I don't think we've seen that, have we? Mm. I don't think so. I no. think they all have a source from, like, the deeper, like, consciousness or something like that. They, they, that you cannot change. It's just, like, part of you. And even if you don't want it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't really choose. It's just... So I wonder if what Bedek did is different because he actually willed it that way, or if, it, mm. or if it's mm. not. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's no such difference. It. You could make an argument that what was happening with his delusions, like everybody else, uh, was broken in some way. Who mm-hmm. had who became insane? So his insanity broke him to the point of uh, sanity. <laughs> is that- so that could have been his but then that's also interesting because he maybe not um so what i was going to say was that he uh manifested his delusion and arrived at his pinnacle at the same time Hmm. but his delusion was sanity so maybe he was in fact insane but his delusion that he was sane kept him you know sane and then he eventually hit that pinnacle he lost control of his delusion he lost his delusion for a while there when all his dead people manifested and then he became sane by hitting the pinnacle that's all (laughs) it could could be it could be it Makes sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll know yeah. soon. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And what uh, did you? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Varsha. I was uh, making a joke was about the horses, but no, it's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, on a related subject, what did you all think of the dragon? I felt like it tried to be a menacing presence throughout the book, but. It wasn't very successful for me. Uh, mm. What? How did that work for both of you? Did you? I feel like it was meant to be written as this chilling, creeping dread that we're supposed to be afraid of, uh, but but it didn't work for me like that. I was curious if it did for both of you. Yeah, not really for me. I I was like, okay, versus dragon, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. We did. 
hear that he did things. Oh, he burned the city, he did that thing mm-hmm. and that thing, but we didn't see it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And really there is the <laughs> right, implication that his, like, the, the people like, he killed and stuff like that, also those are, like, dead forever because they're like their soul got destroyed, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. Yeah. But that uh, was just mentioned in passing. I, yeah. I feel like I feel like we could have spent more time making the dragon far more threatening than it was because that seemed to be what they were trying to avoid. Like that's what we were building towards towards the end. Um, but yeah, uh, what did you think, Steve? I thought. I thought the dragon. I think it had a. It played a big part in the, in the war and the battles. Um, I think it. It did. It was building up to this big showdown, and I. I kind of liked that. Bedex, almost sacrificed himself to kill it. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of yeah. made his sacrifice. It made his death meaningful. Like he did. He accomplished something, and I think mm-hmm. that's why we won't see him again. Because I think he, almost maybe unintentionally sacrificed himself. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I kind of get like, I, I don't think there was a necessarily a payoff for the dragon. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't like a, a big event that the dry, like a, something big, the dragon did like a singular event. But I think the build up the dragon, we keep hearing about the farmhouse and the, the dragon and the pentacle. And it, it's, it kind of built up to this moment and then bedecked kind of mm-hmm. thwarts the dragon and prevents more from happening. So saving his friends. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, I'm always down for dragons, like, mm-hmm. laying waste, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would have been fun, I think, at some point, like, with them traveling, and they're like, oh, what's going on down there? I see, like, a, a like a, some flashes or, like, a pillar of smoke in, uh, behind the horizon or something. You know, something like that. <laughs> Give it a bit more um, presence more, um, or something. Or like mm. show like a trail of destruction or something, you know, yeah. like where they casually kind of the what, what the hell is going on here, mm. you know, something like that, right? Yeah, that would, would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was aware of its ability to destroy, but I didn't feel the dread. I think, and there may have. I'm I'm thinking that there may the author may have attempted to make us feel the dread, but maybe it wasn't too successful for me. Like I didn't I didn't feel afraid of what the dragon was going to do. But I I I think the dragon's abilities was pretty terrifying. Like the fact that they just wiped it off the face of the earth and they didn't go to the after death. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, um, to be honest, I didn't. I didn't care much for the chapters with the fairy tropes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, me neither. They were like, ah, yeah. oh, whatever. Just yeah, doing yeah. Her, her, her thing, I guess. I guess they're there to tell us what's happening with that, right? Mm, uh, so yeah. We, I guess we sort of need them, but maybe, maybe we didn't actually need them. I don't know. Yeah, the other... Yeah, the, that's an interesting point, because those two, um, the exorcist and the one who could move earth they both their banter felt a little bit like you know victic stellin or stellin bedecked a little bit almost so how i didn't take those 
three seriously in the beginning and i probably still don't for many reasons mm-hmm. um the, i i didn't take <laughs> these two very seriously too and they were our eyes for building up the terror of the dragon so maybe maybe that's why it wasn't effective for me yeah yeah i just feel like a lot of this sort of is like it's just very centered about from who's writing and in what style right like mm. if you you can have the same story written by someone else and and they would focus on different aspects of it yeah. and it would be completely different right and yeah. would feel yeah. completely and this you know and and this you know he wrote it to be this way and it mm-hmm. feels like some sort of like um, at least to me it to me it feels like a a very grim dark um sort of like RPG campaign or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels to me, right? And it's yeah. got a sort of um, fast, dark, um, modern feel to it. So sort of like modern, mm-hmm. grim, dark feel to it. Um, but I can imagine this, for example, if it's written by someone like again, because like you're reading Perdita Street Station. If he were mm-hmm. to write something like this. Right, and then it would focus a lot more on the weird, on the like descriptions yeah. of all these little like uh, weird things, and like you know the fact that the soul is being destroyed and stuff like. That. It would focus on completely mm-hmm. different things. Instead, of here it's focused a lot more on like the banter, the mm-hmm. um, that sort of aspect of relationship. Right? Um, yeah. It's just different ways of approaching the same story, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that absolutely makes sense. Yeah, it didn't it didn't reduce the story or take away from anything. I was just, I mean, like, I I <laughs> uh, don't want to start a death of the author debate, but I like to read from the point of view of trying to understand what the author is trying to do, and uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out whether they were trying to make me feel afraid of the dragon and. I thought they were, but I wasn't. So I was, yeah, I was just curious how that worked. Whether I was reading that right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Your your joke about horses, Steve. Sorry, I I, I hawked that for a while. <laughs> no, I just I just thought it was funny the the way the dragon would drop the horses down and the cracks about the horses' names, and I'm not going to name them anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and I loved when <laughs> when uh, uh, Bedek's horse was dropped, and then he says "R" so, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Victor feels hurt. <laughs> Sorry for swearing, but <laughs> um, yeah, that was that it's was funny. funny. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like Victor felt hurt. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I liked all the parts when Victor was like because slowly become a bit like bedecked, I guess, with yeah. giving names to the horse, and then yeah. like, oh, it kind of feels nice, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny that every time that he was like, we went through his like inner monologue, and he was like, oh, you know, maybe there's something to this, or maybe maybe I shouldn't behave like this, or whatever, right? He's thinking, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, that seems reasonable, and then he immediately goes like, no, no, that's stupid. I'm doing the right mm. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like the I don't know if you know like the the meme with uh, Principal Skinner from the Simpson, which is like, is it me that's wrong? No, no, it's the kids that are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like that. <laughs> 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 Didn't learn anything. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't think he learned much. To be honest, no. that's kind of what makes him charming in their own way. Is like he, you know, you kind of don't want him to learn anything. You kind of want him to be an asshole the whole time, and because mm-hmm. that's what makes his character fun. I don't know, like yeah, would yeah. we like the character as much as if he was like, you know, I should be a better person. Like mm. I don't know. I mean, if that was the yeah. I guess he mm. was like, oh, I should be a better person. Mm. Yeah, and right. now he's dead. And so isn't that what Stellan <laughs> also said? Like she, she said, like, oh, you know, I don't want, I want him to be perfect. He's supposed to be aloof and he's supposed to be stupid and right. Yeah. And so I was thinking the same thing, sort of right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Oh, yeah. about that, I was almost forgetting. What do you guys think about like the the statuette, statuettes, or something like that? Are they supposed to be sort of like, um, you know, like a voodoo fetishes sort of thing? Hmm. Or... Oh, the the wooden thingies? Yeah. Yeah. Statues, yeah. Hmm. I think so, because, uh, well, I don't know how she knew this, but Stalin saw the swordswoman trying to kill Victig by hurting the statuette, right? Um, Do you think that was actually going to happen? I, I think so. There was one other moment where um, Stellan has, when she's looking at the statuette and she sees how ugly it is mm-hmm. uh, of herself, she wants to carve away the imperfections. Uh, and I had a moment where I thought she was going to do it, and I wondered if that would reflect on her face. And I think it was, but then we skipped over to her. Uh, uh, hiding them in the swordswoman's bags instead, so I feel like that was that almost had the sense of uh, disaster averted uh, kind of feeling in that scene. So yeah, I I think that that would work, but then that begs the question: What do you think happened to Bidek's statuette now? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe we're gonna see. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Maybe we're gonna mm-hmm. see something. Oh, we got. Oh, they find him again, and he looks different or something, and that's gonna lead to some sort of mm. plot point or not. Maybe not. Mm. But yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. And I do remember that yeah. part when she was like looking at the statue and thinking about, oh, I should just carve away all the things. And then I thought, you know, is this gonna go like the like the other delusionist, which was carving away her body to become? Oh my god! So like, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, you know, this would be pretty cool, very dark if something like that happened, you know, it's because uh-huh. she's like carving the statuette, oh, I'm going to make myself perfect, and it's like, piece of her yeah. body, or you know, that would be yeah. cool to see too, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it would be quite quite dark. <laughs> it but, yeah. but, but do you think she would have stopped after making the first cut and realizing that it's reflecting on her body, or she would have kept going no i don't think so i think that's why that's why like she had some sort of compulsive desire to, to finish like because she's like oh the statue looks so so much smooth now and so much more perfect mm. right mm. which would have been a yeah. nice again a, a nice sort of um metaphor or whatever you want to call it i don't know mm-hmm. things for you know self um images in modern world and you know us damaging mm. ourselves yeah trying to yeah. you know become better but no we're actually yeah. just damaging ourselves yeah 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 could have been like that but extremely violent mm. version of that <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. But yeah, yeah I don't I know. Think... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was wondering, do you think that Morgan... Do you think Stellan actually stole those statues? Or do you think Morgan planted them? Because it was a bit ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When we were in Morgan's perspective, he seemed genuinely surprised that, or angry even, that she stole them. Not new, or, I mean, he's lying to her that that he planned for her to take them. Maybe, I don't know. It, it, for some reason, it felt to me like, like the offer was intentionally sort of taking away a little bit of the thought you know, of a part of what Morgan was thinking. I don't know, for mm. some reason, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it just could just be some yeah. random intuition, which is not correct. It just felt yeah. like there was something else to that, but maybe not. That's why I was wondering what you thought about it. Maybe. Yeah, because I had that thought about whether Morgan meant for her to find them, but then his anger felt pretty convincing. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I you could, you could be right, maybe I, I missed something there. And I guess technically the, the statues haven't done anything. Even if it weren't there, yeah. they're not like a plot point, right? Mm-hmm. Not, Which could just yeah. be an interesting like side note just yeah. to make things more interesting. Or maybe yeah. they're a plot yeah. point in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Because Noct mentions them in the end, right? When he's mm. uh, trying to manipulate Stellan. So... It would be interesting if there were a plot point. I'd, I'd like to see that. I, Yeah. There were fun bits. Mm. Yeah, I think they were pretty interesting to have. Like, mm-hmm. every time we went back to them showing things, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty it's a neat yeah. detail. But yeah, we're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, Stellan mentions them uh, when swordswoman has them in a bag and she's thinking to herself mm, that she can take yeah. them back anytime she wants yeah yeah I, I think I want them to play a role I don't know if they actually will <laughs> in the next book yeah kind of, they kind of have to don't I mean I, I think they're bound to play some kind of role I hope mm-hmm. yeah but. yeah <laughs> we're just a bait mm. maybe mm. maybe we're not we're not supposed to actually do anything <laughs> yeah, it would be fine too. I'm I'm yeah. perfectly I'm very happy when they offer like plays with expectations of our readers. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. I don't have any opinions on that subject, but I I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Steve? Is like what are your thoughts on what's going to happen? Because you've had a lot more time to think about it and mm. stew in uh, the story, I guess. So I think Noct and Witchtig will end up, he'll get some help from Noct. Um, but I'm not, I kind of think the Elder Gods have to play a role. And I think we'll see some of the, whoever is over, because they do mention over the mountains or like, you know, so we'll see some some different cultures or some different kind of people that have different delusions. Maybe they'll come and, and they'll be part of the war, but... Um, you, you, a, the war to end all. There has to be the elder gods involved. Um, Noct and Morgan will have some kind of showdown. It. I'm not expecting a happy ending, and I'd be kind of s- disappointed if we do have a happy ending. 
Yeah. But what what would be your definition of a happy ending in this world? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And what if the ending is like Morgan sort of enslaves everyone to be nice people? Would that be a happy ending? If it's done if it's done right, like if it's done in a way that's like a because I, I think I don't I don't know that Morgan if that does happen is that necessarily a good thing I mean because I don't know I mean because he punishes people for having you know they're out battling and serving him and someone has some dirty cuffs on their pants and he's like go change and you know like how dare you <laughs> so is that a, is that a good thing I, I don't think that'd be a happy ending I don't know what would be a happy ending honestly I mean is Morgan any better than the other gods I don't know that he is I mean, uh, of course, some could argue. I mean, you could also argue that, like, oh, he's just going to make, he's just going to enslave everyone until he fixes everything. And then once everything is fixed, you know, he's just going to let people be and people are not going to have the impulse to do bad things because they're not in a bad situation, right? Um, would he do, would anyone do that if they had that kind of power? Would they just give it up? And would he be able to let go of his of his compulsions and just let everyone be dirty or do well, I mean, but be able to... that, that's the thing. It's like maybe when he fixes everything, people will not want to be dirty. Right. Oh, he's going to fix, you know, he's going to fix everything. He's going to make everything perfect. And, you know, he's going to, sh- I guess, show people how it's supposed to be and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. And then maybe he lets them loose sort of within certain limits, <laughs> like animals or something. <laughs> Like as long as you don't make a mess. Yeah, just stay clean. <laughs> yeah. But again, if everything is organized or something, I don't know, maybe it's like you will I'm just thinking yeah, in a very simple way, I just think about, you know, my life. If if everything is perfectly organized and it's very easy to organize things and keep things clean, it makes it easier for me to keep things clean, right? If I start already with everything a mess, I'm like, this is so much work. And, you know, there's no too much effort to fix things. But if things are already fixed, mm-hmm. it's much easier. I don't mm-hmm. know. He, he might think that way, but maybe not. We did, we did sort of see the dangers of Morgan. Like, in theory, he's asking nicer things of his followers than the other slaver was. He's taking, you could argue, better care of them than the other slaver was. But we saw in that scene the dangers of that, right? Because that that woman who came to report on the situation Mm -hmm. didn't breathe. (laughs) She was almost about to die. And then he had to tell her, no, you can breathe. So I think he's, he's created puppets with very limited ability to think. And maybe that's a good thing <laughs> for this world. Uh, maybe not. No, but it is put in like if the way it's described and the way it's framed is like, oh, it's a bad thing, obviously, mm. right? Yes, it's framed yep. within our, you know, we're we, we're reading it, and for us, it's important. Right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so it's framed that way, but. I guess a happy ending would be that the gods all kill each other and <laughs> the people are free to choose what they want to do. Like they have agency again, like yeah. delusions are no longer a thing. I think that would be the, probably the happiest ending. I don't see that happening. 
Yeah. I mean, wouldn't Vayne just invent new gods? Yeah, yeah. I guess they would. It's, it's, is it what happened at the beginning, right? No, actually, no, it happened. Very, actually, we don't know what came first, actually, right? Yeah, we no. don't know yet. People are the gods. Did we create the gods or did the gods create us? Mm. Yeah, that was yeah. a central argument in the first book. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe if they, they are going to kill the gods and then all reality goes away because we're just the delusion of the gods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, I like that. That would be cool too, I guess. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> do we do we want to talk about the epigraphs again? <laughs> oh, there's so many great ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like the one above a flat Earth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is flat. Yeah. And can know. you can you uh, manifest a delusion and make it flat if it isn't? <laughs> that would be cool. There you there's, go. Uh, I like I like this one, where one philosopher says, "When staring into the gap in, into the gaping maw of the after death, all men find religion." <laughs> and then another another philosopher, uh, another poet says, uh, "Clericer, who was the name, which is the name of the first person, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Clericer is so full of shite." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, the one about time being a delusion, I thought was pretty cool too. Mm. Oh, yeah. True. Oh, yeah. That that one was in the last week's chapters, I think. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm. There was one that I thought was really interesting because we talked about it a lot. It was about how, in a responsive reality, there's. No, I'm, I'm going to misquote it. Let me try and find it. <laughs> there was the one about if you don't like your story, write your own. Or if you're not happy with your story, then write your own story or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah. The one about us all being slaves. Mm, that, that one I thought was interesting. We live meaningless lives and die. Why should the after death be any different? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think from a thematic perspective, I found myself thinking in the last couple of weeks about a lot of things that we do in our day-to-day life. And I was thinking how the book would has epigraphs that labels them as delusions things like money things like city-state borders and um, whenever I had conversations with my husband or someone else about these things like I thought back to just the things that we do to ourselves to put ourselves in these boundaries and (laughs) make ourselves unhappy so I feel like this series has through the world that it has created done some excellent commentary on the ways we hurt ourselves i guess with quote-unquote delusions so i thought that was that that's really clever what it has managed to do i think so i think that's i mean because that's how i'm reading a lot of the delusions right it's just it's it's a lot about um yeah our own psyche mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah 
our own thoughts and illogical contradictions within ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why it feels to me a very... It's very rooted in our sort of modern framework, I guess. That's how, that's mm. how I'm going to put it. it you know, <laughs> I'm not... For, for good or for worse, I'm not, mm. like, forgetting my real life when I'm reading it, right? It mm. doesn't transport me to a completely different paradigm paradigm that some other books do, right? But it make, does make me reflect instead on my, my actual life, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Also, just yeah. expectations that we have that uh, we try to live up to or try to um, fulfill these mm. expectations that don't make us happy. But we just feel like we have to just because that's what yeah. that's just the way things are. But instead of just doing yeah. what we want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think <laughs> just all the restrictions we set on ourselves, all the. Yeah. It, it is very clever <laughs> even even when there aren't things that have been explicitly mentioned in the book i think about it and i'm like yeah that that book would call it a delusion and it would be right <laughs> uh i found i found the epigraph that i was uh thinking of a philosopher once told me there were no facts that in a response of reality there could be no truth he was wrong it's all fact everything is true this i, I liked this one because it's sort of um is sort of along the lines of what we were talking about last week where we were trying to figure out how things would work but really it's just whatever people believe uh is what will end up being true right everything is real or everything is a fact so i liked that one it felt like it cleared some things up <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're pretty good of epigraphs i, I do enjoy reading mm. them yeah yeah. Yeah. Anything else you guys can think of? Maybe I don't know. Maybe I just a quick um, not conclusion, not consideration. Um, I don't know. Some thoughts on. Uh, I was thinking about um, this. Doesn't feel to me. I don't know. I don't know what you guys. I didn't. This doesn't feel to me super dark mm. right like a lot of other books that are read and that people have said it's like oh they say oh this is just even darker or something like it but it doesn't feel like it to me i'm just wondering if like these people i'm not saying <laughs> i was to say oh people are stupid no and <laughs> maybe they didn't go more than like surface level sort of like what's happening right because if you're just mm. looking at oh what's happening you know there's a lot of ones which are similar. Um, it just didn't give me that um, any feeling of like despair or mm. darkness or like um, the world doesn't care about you and there's no meaning to anything sort of thing, right? But I think mm. a lot with like, you know, there's no reason why these people die sort of thing. But mm. I don't know, I wanted to ask your thoughts on that. Or if you thought this was pretty dark, or, or I'm, I'm just like, I'm just uh, too, I have a twisted view of <laughs> things. What do you think, Varsha? I, 
I guess I'd start by asking what your definition of dark would be. And I think you kind of answered that towards the end when you said, uh, you know, the world is filled with despair and there's no meaning to anything. Is that is that what you would define as dark or is that what you think of as dark? Yeah, like I, I think like, um, what? Well, yeah, like having no meaning to things. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I'm just thinking of some, even just some like real life, novels like very realist novels about people and their life and like showing that oh what they did didn't necessarily lead to anything because it's just it just it's just how it is it's just real life it doesn't have to have a meaning right mm. um i and i just for me that's like the sort of darkest part i guess or yeah. like even in the books when something happens or likely or like the sort of cosmic horror sort of thing mm. like you know, hmm. you, you're destined for eternal damnation or stuff like hmm. that, or like the world is just like completely against you, and it's not because of culture or anything else. It's just because of how it is. Hmm. Um, that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think so. No, I don't feel that way about the book, but also I think I. I don't know if it's actively trying to evoke those emotions, but mm-hmm. I also don't know what evo- emotions it is trying to evoke. You know, f- the way I'm reading it, and I could be missing something, but the way I'm reading it, it feels like a lot of loosely connected commentary about many different things, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe some larger commentary about religion and gods, perhaps. I don't know. I don't see it yet. Maybe we will in the third book. But that's mostly how I'm reading it. I don't have any other deeper emotions or feelings that are being evoked. I don't know if it's trying to and it's not working on me or if it's just not trying to do any of that. Um, because like there's the, <laughs> we, we, uh, I think one of you called it a dysfunctional found family. <laughs> so yeah, like there's no feelings of friendship or family that are invoked there. So like there's none of that. There's a lot of humor, yes, but I don't think that's the point of the book. I think it just makes it a bit of easy and fun read. And, um, and, and the darkness is there. But again, it since it's a function of the world and the world is so insane uh it's not it's not doing much for me so in terms of uh feeling like everything is uh bad and like causing despair it is causing despair in the other sense that i talked about where uh you know it's it's sort of making me hyper focus on the more realistic aspects of our life and i'm like yeah this this is a delusion if we didn't have it you know things would be so much nicer for everybody so it is doing that but again i don't think that and and yes like i can see that the author's like making that commentary on these things but i don't know if that's again their larger focus if that makes sense so at this point i don't know the point that the author is trying to make or if there is even if there even is one you know sometimes you just tell a story because it's fun and you're done (laughs) but Mm. um yeah Yeah. what do you think steve (laughs) i think i kind of wonder like because i think beyond redemption even beyond redemption reading it again the second time i don't think it's because i know a lot of people say it's like the the darkest i don't know if it's the dark there's some I think the parts that disturb people the most in the first book is the slaver. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even 
even those even those portions aren't really described a lot of it's kind of like implied or like fade to black mm. kind of stuff but sometimes that's worse but it doesn't so on that side it, it can be dark depending on where your mind goes um but it's it does it doesn't kind of spell it out for you it doesn't describe things or describe the horrific things that the slaver does so like it can be but i don't think it's as dark as i don't know i mean I guess it depends on your level of darkness that you, but so for me, like it's not as dark as something like the second apocalypse, because I think the humor helps a lot in, in these, like the characters and the humor, because you I laugh out loud every couple of chapters. So I think that really helps. It really helps break up the, the darker stuff. But as far as like, I think the mirror's truth is a lot lighter than beyond redemption. I don't, I think it's maybe mid level as far as like, disturbing or dark i don't know that it's i think it's still grim dark i don't think it's you know it's not it's it's still dark but it's it's i don't think it's like unreadable like you know i don't think most people would have problems with it other than maybe the torture scene but even then it wasn't that bad um Mm -hmm. so i I don't think it's i I kind of feel like the second book is a lot lighter but i i agree with what you said varsha about i think there's some I think some of it I think is like having fun with it and kind of poking fun at ourselves. And I, I kind of wonder if he's kind of just making us look up, look inward and say, this is all kind of ridiculous, you know, like, mm. so, <laughs> so I, I think that's kind of like almost like poking fun at ourselves, looking in the mirror and ha- kind of having a good laugh at how ridiculous we can be. And, <coughs> um, like you say, kind of the boxes we put ourselves in, but we don't have to. Mm. So, I, I do, th- but I think part of it is just having fun with this world and just kind of doing something, re- like doing something fun, like having this really crazy world to build around it, and to at the same time, I think, kind of poke fun at things like religion and um, mm. taking ourselves too seriously. I think is another thing that he tries to kind of poke fun at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you're right, Parsha. Yeah, it feels it's fun, grim, dark. Uh, with some extra, you know, if you want, mm-hmm. you can think about the implication in your life and stuff like that, but you don't have to if you just want to read it like yeah. it. Mm. You know, it's an adventure story, sort of grim, dark adventure story sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think I think it's more effective because it doesn't get really, because it's, like you said, Dan, it's there, but you don't, you can just read it and, and have mm-hmm. fun with it. It doesn't, it's not preachy it just it's there mm-hmm. yeah. if you want to yeah. look so that's i think that's what makes it more effective it's it's not like bringing you over the head with it or like this is my mm-hmm. message i'm tr- it's like it's yeah. there and you can think about it if you want to if not you can just enjoy it for what it is mm-hmm. for yeah. sure yeah yeah that, that makes sense i was gonna say um the standalone swarm and steel mm-hmm. i wondered I, I'd like to read it, maybe not immediately, but in some time, to see how different it is. Like I think was it's a different. Oh, I want to see if you know he takes a different part of the world or tells a different kind of story set in the same world, because the people we are following here really set the tone of the story mm-hmm. and what happens here and the darkness and the kinds of darkness we see in the world but maybe uh, some parts of the world aren't inherently dark or if there are other things you can do with it um, so yeah that would be interesting to see the swarm and steel story mm. yeah 
Be down for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Maybe <laughs> when we finish the list you've got going, uh, we can look into we're, it. <laughs> we're good for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm set for the next few months. I'm trying. I'm trying to be good. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. But cool. So, any uh, any predictions or anything? Want to go on the record and make any predictions before we start the next one? I don't um, think Morgan is going to win. I don't think so. Hmm. Between Morgan and Nacht, or just Morgan against the world? Gen- I don't think he, what I don't think he's going to come out on top. Mm. I think, or he's going to learn some valuable lesson about the <laughs> importance of freedom of uh, decision or something like that of mm. will. And then he's not going to go with his plan. Mm. That's my prediction. Yeah. Mm. I don't have a prediction for uh, the plot as a whole, but I want to see Gehien come back. She was yes. just off the page the whole time this this book. Yeah. Sure. Oh, and for the first time, Steve can do predictions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I... I I, I see. I think the only one who will survive is Witchstick. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, because of the dream. Yeah, and only I think he'll survive. Mm. Yeah, I think he'll survive. I don't think he'll be like a god or anything. I just think he'll he'll somehow survive and be the same asshole he was when we met him. Like, <laughs> you know, I, but I think that's what's charming about him too. Yeah, so maybe yeah. it'll end with just him actually being the best sword in the world. That would be mm. that would be actually I would I would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That'd be okay. pretty cool. I mean, going back that- to his wife is like, okay, I've done it. <laughs> I'm back now. <laughs> and she kicks him out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> that that <laughs> when he's thinking to himself about how he had such a good time at that city where he was hired as a guardsman, mm-hmm. and he was able to. Uh, sleep with whoever he wanted and stay out late drinking with his friends and his wife wanted to move out for some reason. <laughs> he was yeah. wondering why she didn't like living there. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> anyway, yes, I would like to see uh, follow Victig more in that vein. I really enjoyed that thread in this story and I would like that in the third book hmm. nice well uh, one through 13 next week on the, in the next book so until then Dan uh, where can people find you if they uh, want to find you uh, <laughs> if you want to find me uh, you can come to Vancouver and knock at every door until you find me uh, or you can message me on Patreon forum <laughs> I think it's Probably quicker to send a DM than knocking every door. It might take a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but then you don't get to see my face. So. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> and uh, and Varsha. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Reading by the Rainy Mountain. I also hang out on the Patreon forum. And you can find my podcast, Bright Church in the Tapestry, on a bunch of podcast platforms. Nice. Yes, and those are all listed below, so go check them out. Really good stuff. So until next week, we will talk to everyone very soon. Okay, bye guys. <laughs>